You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is weird because Madison, we are actually in studio. Yeah, we're this not is weird. I think one at least one of us have been on 107.7 the franchise, the post game show. At least one of us over the last ten to twelve games. Yeah. And it's time to admit something. I completely forgot about recording a podcast last Friday when we when the Thunder played the Hawks. Yeah, I, I had the thought like, oh, we're not recording a podcast because we were walking to our cars in the parking garage and Brady was like, all right, see you in the morning for the show. And I'm like, yeah, see you in the morning. Fully aware that we had not recorded our podcast yet. Shame. However, in less than 12 hours, we were meeting back up to have a full on show with that, like what happened that night. So I'm, I kind of was in my head just thinking, okay, either Brady forgot or he has that idea like, hey, we're about to have this show. We can just record the show and make that the podcast. That was going through my mind. So honestly, I did not say anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we did. And obviously, if you're a loyal OKC82 listener, which thank you so much. Shout shout out out to you. um, We ended up making the Franchise Thunder Insider Show the de facto uh, post-game podcast for the Thunder's 140 to 111 win over the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm so proud of myself for remembering that score. I am too. I can never remember the score of the game that we just watched. Uh, Just something that I have to deal with but um, yes that's the voice of Madison Morris I am Brady Trantham and this is the OKC82 podcast and like we said it's been a a pretty minute since we've been doing this in studio Um, I think the only podcast in the last month that we haven't done on the radio was the one that I did by myself for Mm -hmm. some game I can't remember that was you were busy what was it was this past Saturday because uh, I had to stay at the store late, and then I met up with this girl. She was a lot in high school, and she wants to try out for OSU Palm. And uh, her and her mom, they drove all the way from Oklahoma or from Lawton, Oklahoma City. And I kind of felt guilty telling them, like, "Hey, I actually have to go watch a basketball game, and like, I have a so job. Important. Like, I'm so sorry." But I don't know. They were willing to pay me, and like, I never had anybody to work with me when I was trying out. So anytime girls reach out, I like. I don't know. I don't want to tell them no. So important. And so I went and worked with, uh, spent my Saturday evening with a high school girl doing palm stuff. This old bag of bones got back into dancing. Now, see, if if I said that, if I said that sentence, they would put, <laughs> you can't say that. They would put me away. Yeah. Rightfully so. That's just Probably. weird. Now, really quick, let's just get it out of the way. The Thunder lost to the Dallas Mavericks tonight, 107-97. Um, big loss considering that the Thunder could have very well climbed up to as high as fifth in the Western Conference yeah. uh, standings tonight. And as I checked the score, um, tonight was the worst-case scenario for Oklahoma City Thunder fans because uh, the Rockets are on the road right now playing the Utah Jazz, and they are playing without James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But the Rockets are now leading 117-105 to with just about a minute 30 left to go in the game. Mm. The Rockets were supposed to lose because they're shorthanded their two best players. And then the Thunder were supposed to take care of business at home because that's what you do when you're a good team. You take care of business when you're at home. Mm-hmm. And they weren't unable to do that. The Rockets are going to win. So the Thunder are going to be stuck at the seventh seed uh, to live to fight another day. But there are reasons for this loss. Uh, one quick one can be that the Thunder just could not make shots at all. Shea Gilles Alexander had a bad offensive night. Dennis Schroeder had a bad offensive night. Everybody had a bad offensive night, except for New Orleans Noel. Yeah. Um, but another reason is Chris Paul 
was out of this game for personal reasons. He was not with the team. It's probably safe to assume that he was in L.A., which will then have us segue into something that I wanted to do uh, yesterday, Madison. Uh, we were all unable to meet up at the station, you, me, uh, Jerry Ramsey, and John Hamm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody knows by now that Kobe Bryant has unfortunately passed away, and um, it's... It's sad, and Madison, I actually heard you do your radio spot today on 107.7, and you had mentioned that, um, you know, you're, I'm 29, you're 24? 24. You're 24. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're right at that point where if you were watching Kobe, you watched him, obviously, like with the thun- like when he was going up against the Thunder, yeah. kind of at the end of his prime and then past his prime, and those Lakers teams were bad. Right. And that was just the Kobe show getting paid, and uh, it wasn't the Kobe that I grew up watching like in the early 2000s when they... The first time I started watching basketball was about 2000, 2001, so right in the middle of their three-peat. And um, so like to what I to what I said on my radio spot just an hour later, um, re- replying to what you had said, um, you know, Thunder fans, the guys that you've been rooting for over the last decade, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Victor Oladipo, Carmelo Anthony... And now Shea Gilds, Alexander, Chris Paul, those guys looked up to Kobe. Mm-hmm. That was their hero. So all your heroes lost their hero. Yeah. And while Kobe obviously never played in Oklahoma City, he has a little bit of history in Oklahoma City, and he's very integral to basketball culture in Oklahoma, not just for the legions of Lakers fans that live here, but for the growth of the franchise for the Thunder. Like They don't become what they became over this last decade, in my opinion, without there being a Kobe Bryant test for that Thunder team to eventually pass. Mm-hmm. And so, like like you said, you know, a little too young to fully grasp and watch Kobe in his prime, but, I mean, even still, you are fully aware and of the monumental loss of life here, and not just for him, sure. but his daughter and those other, and the other people that were on the, the helicopter, yeah. um, unfortunately. But I guess let's just talk about Kobe for just a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um Kind of what Jerry asked me immediately at that radio spot this morning, in case anyone missed it, was just, you know, what was your initial reaction to hearing the news of Kobe passing? And uh, honestly, you know, exactly what Brady said, I I didn't grow up watching Kobe like a lot of people did. I wasn't necessarily like a giant Lakers fan. I didn't really get into basketball until I was probably in middle school. Just, you know, as, as a girl, it might be a little bit different just because we... You know, I took dance class. I did a bunch of that kind of stuff. I did play basketball growing up, but I never truly sat down and would watch games as a young child. And um, I didn't really get into it until I was probably in like eighth grade. And so, yeah, Kobe, he wasn't a player that I watched, but now working in sports, you know, working alongside an NBA team and working here in sports radio, I, you know, I was just, I was hit by the news in multiple different ways. And I actually read something very beautiful online. It was you know, when you feel the pain of lost when or lost when it comes to someone you don't know, you don't have any kind of personal connection to, you know, you truly are feeling one of those human emotions that's just unfathomable and you can't really even put into words. And so, you know, hearing that and just respecting the game of basketball and respecting the NBA, it was it was more of just an a shock and like a feeling of grief, just knowing that so many people were affected by this and it was almost like a little bit bigger than that too, just knowing that, you know, anybody's time could be at any time. And it's it's scary almost, you know, just thinking about it's the I don't even know. Of life. 
Yeah, it's just the preciousness and how you should really take advantage of every opportunity that's thrown your way because you never know, you know, when it's going to be your last day. And I know that sounds super cryptic, so I'll kind of get away from that for a little bit. But, you know, I'll always respect Kobe and just the legacy he's left on the league, how many guys looked up to him, how many people, like, even young girls looked up to him, and especially his daughter being 13 years old and being as... Uh, ambitious and as talented and as adorable as she was. I mean, she would always be courtside with her dad watching games. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of me and my dad a little bit because I always grew up playing basketball. My dad was always super proud of that because I only have one other sister. You know, my dad never got a son. And so, I know, bless bless Brian. It was just, uh, it was one of those things that you just... I I don't know, it just hits you in so many different ways. You know, you feel the grief of lost seeing one of the greatest players just lose their life just like that. But it's also a moment of, oh my gosh, you know, like this could happen at any time. And, you know, tomorrow's never guaranteed. And I have so many thoughts going through my head. I can't even really put them into words right now. But I, I just felt so much heartache for his family. I felt so much heartbreak for his wife and his other three daughters who are now missing a sister and a father. And I couldn't even imagine if, you know, one day, like, I left Meredith or Meredith left me. That would just be, like, too much for me to handle. And so, yeah, just kind of wrapping all of that together, it was it was a shock. It was a numbing feeling. You know, yesterday was very off. Today has been pretty off as well. And I don't know. It's just nothing's ever going to be the same anymore. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's it still feels weird. Yeah. You know, like, seeing all the Kobe tributes and... And it, some of it is just because he was just playing not five minutes ago. Yeah, like he retired what, three years ago now, and um, it's it still just feels. It, I don't know if it's ever going to feel real, right? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't even know. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I, I guess I'll, I'll try and cut back into like the thunder with this. Um, because I wrote about this on, on my article on thefranchiseok.com. Um, just I put out some thoughts and then kind of connected it to with the Thunder and kind of what I said earlier. Um, the Thunder don't become what they became because of Kobe. Well, from my perspective, and take a shot because I feel like anyone that's listened to this podcast a handful of times knows I'm not a fan of this team anymore, but I was once a fan of this team. Mm-hmm. I grew up a Miami Heat fan. I wasn't a huge fan of LeBron James for a multitude of reasons. And when he joined the Heat, that's when I decided, okay, I'm full on with the Thunder now. And that included the time when the Thunder made it to the finals. Now, um, I was so excited in 2010 when the Thunder were playing the Lakers in the first round. And it was so awesome to see a bunch of kids wearing jerseys that said Oklahoma City Mm -hmm. in the NBA playoffs against Kobe freaking Bryant in the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) And they pushed them almost to the brink. They almost pushed them to a game seven. And I'm not a big moral victory guy, but you've got to you, – standards are different in every situation, and the standards for that playoff series were completely different than what I'm accustomed to as a fan, no question. Um, that was exciting. The Thunder, of course, grew up really quickly. The next season they went to the Western Conference Finals, lost to the Dallas Mavericks um, in five games, and then they come back 2012 – and they look like they have the necessary experience, um, the star power, of course, and the depth to go a little bit further this time. But the Lakers were always there. Um, the Thunder, of course, got Kendrick Perkins in that trade in large part because the Lakers at the time had Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol. Um, you needed strong uh 
post-defense. And then, of course, the Spurs with Tim Duncan. You needed a force in the middle of that of your uh, of your front court in order to combat the Lakers and the Spurs. And so it, you kind of just understood you're going to have to go through the Spurs if you want to get to the finals, and you're probably going to have to go through the Lakers. And that particular year in 2012, that was a, probably the last good Lakers team um, up until now, of course. That was the last time the Lakers were really good with Kobe Bryant because, as everybody can remember now, uh, that Game 5 elimination game in Oklahoma City was the last time Kobe Bryant played a playoff game. The Lakers the next season played in the playoffs, but Kobe had torn his Achilles and he didn't play in their first-round exit. Um, so as a Thunder fan at the time, and I was in Thunder Alley for that Game 5 um, elimination game, um, and then now looking back on it now, the Thunder could have very well beaten Dallas like they did in the first round, and then beaten like Denver or Utah in the second round, beaten the Spurs, gone to the finals, and it would have been exciting. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been great. It would have been a great, at the time, it would have been a great memory to look back on as a, a basketball fan and as a native Oklahoman. Uh, but it meant so much more that it was against the Lakers, and it meant so much more that it was against Kobe. And when I grew up as a basketball fan, as a Miami Heat fan, I um, never hated Kobe. Like, I've had plenty of sports hate in my Like, you've hung out with me now for three years. Oh, I there's know. A, there's a, there's, a, lot of, there's yeah. a lot of sports hate in my heart. <laughs> I never had any for Kobe. It was weird, and it was just because he did his job. Yeah. And he was so good at it, and you couldn't dispute it. And, yeah, sometimes he might go off the rails in terms of, like, some philosophical um, ramblings. But, I mean, any of those make Kyrie Irving look just even more crazy. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) I appreciate that about Kobe. Um, But he, he was just a guy that I didn't hate, but I feared like, I was afraid when the Heat played them. And then when I was a Thunder fan, I was kind of afraid when the Thunder played them because I knew what he was capable of. Mm-hmm. And when my teams beat him, even whether it was a regular season game or the Thunder in the postseason, it just was like uh, an event. It was like, oh, my goodness, we beat Kobe. Yeah. Bryant. And that is the best compliment I can give him. And if he were, if for whatever reason he was still alive and uh, he, for whatever reason, heard that, Knowing how he is, he would take that as an absolute compliment because he loved going into opposing arenas and silencing crowds. He yeah. loved like that killer mentality. That that mentality is what Russell Westbrook had um, for his entire career. Like, screw you, I want to kill you. He got <laughs> that from Kobe, and I always appreciated that about his game. Um, so just the loss of a basketball player that was supposed to be a part of the game for the next 40, 50 years. Yeah. He was supposed to be old on the sideline, and then – People were going to be cracking jokes about Kobe, like having sideline interviews of, "Oh, I could, I could have locked down Luka Doncic in my prime. <laughs> I could have locked down." People would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, Kobe." Like the game was much different in your day. Like that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, and we are missing out on that. And then, of course, Kobe Bryant, the human being, and his daughter. You know, a wife lost her husband, a mother lost her daughter, sisters lost their dad, and and their sister. It's it's just sad. It's and, devastating. You know, we get into this business, Madison, because I mean, at least for me, like obviously because we love sports. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like I get asked every few weeks or few months, would you ever like to do like actual news? My question, my answer is always absolutely not. Because yeah. people don't kill each other over like sports takes. They get mad at each other and say mean things. Yes. Sometimes. But people don't kill each like people kill each other over religion. People kill each other over like political views. Like that those things happen. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I also don't like talking about people dying. It's mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable it's and, it's, and it's really sad and it's hard and but sometimes like sports, you know, they're played by human beings and they are 
um, they are subject to the rules and the laws of life. And it's, it's just a sad reminder. All it is. Yeah, no, for sure. I think kind of a lot of that comes from just this realization that like, God, I'm trying not to get too cryptic on the podcast, but like death is such a weird thing to talk about because it's like one minute you're here living life and one, you know, the next minute you're gone. And so I think that's what so many people are having such a hard time stomaching right now is the fact that, you know, this guy just retired three years ago. He was a great basketball player, has four daughters. You know, he was all over the Internet taking uh, Gianna to all of these games. And she was apparently going to be like this next big basketball star. She was just an incredible person all the way around, I'm sure. And I, I know so many people had connections to them. And Kobe was such an influence in you know, the history of basketball and all of a sudden he's just gone. And so I think like that, I'm not trying to speak for anybody else, but that's what I've been having such a hard time understanding is just the initial shock of someone being taken away with no warning, no, like, I don't like no heads up. There's just no, there's no way to properly prepare yourself for the loss of someone who has made such an impact in the world of sports, just people's lives out there in California, people he's run into throughout the years. It's, and then people are losing friends and family members. It's such a delicate balance of like the importance of Twitter and then the shittiness of Twitter because um, thank, thank, thank goodness for Twitter and social media because like we're all able to communicate news and yeah. um, share views and, and everything in real time. It's also kind of weird that we're all learning about this this thing. Like it, It's beautiful and weird because it's a cryptic, dark thing, death. And we're all learning about it, and yeah. we're all, we all have our our rage opinions and our our grief and our rage for people that are like reporting that every, all the all of his daughters are on the helicopter. Like it's that's messed up. It's it's kind of gross, but it's also kind of it's so weird. It's it's hard it's to weird, explain. Yeah. It's you know, like I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but like uh, I remember when Michael Jackson died. And uh, I found that on Twitter. But I was freaking out because a bunch of people were just saying, rest in peace to MJ, yeah. R.I.P. MJ. And my initial reaction was, did Michael Jordan Michael die? Michael Jordan is dead. Oh, my goodness. And then I saw like a picture of like Michael Jackson. And my sadly, my first reaction was, oh, thank God. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I've never been a Michael Jackson musical fan. And then, of course, all his off the court i mean he wasn't an athlete but off his off the field stuff yeah i'm also not a huge fan right. of right so Understandable. Uh, it happened so i moved off my life that day but um yeah, yeah this is going to be one of those moments that i'll i'll never forget where i was i have john ham on notification on my phone from twitter mm. and he's who i found it out from i was driving home from tropical smoothie uh to get lunch and i saw john say i'm i'm still shaking and i look to his tweet and then i see the initial report and i it took me like 10 minutes to like yeah. comprehend what was going on, but um, it's, it's sad. Um, but everybody listens to this podcast for OKC stuff and we'll kind of segue back into the game, I guess with the Kobe stuff still, uh, Madison, you and I put out that video yeah. um, of all this cool stuff, the Thunder and the Chesapeake Energy Arena was, were able to do for Kobe. Uh, the video outside on the screen was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we all got ribbons, purple ribbons, uh, at the door, and uh, there was a cool moment of silence and a cool little video. It wasn't really a video tribute. It was just a picture of him on the Jumbotron, and Thunder PA guy, Mario, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. um, read a cool little speech, and 
Um, there was a moment of silence, and then, of course, the Mavericks got the ball. They took the ha- eight-second half-court violation. The Thunder got the 24-second violation in turn. And so it was a cool tribute, and then the, the fans started chanting Kobe um, as the shot clock was expiring. So it was really cool, and then basketball was able to be played. Yeah. No, it was super cool. I was curious to see what the Thunder were going to do. I was curious to see what the Mavericks were going to do just because you've seen all these very cool gestures from different guys like Trey Young with the Hawks wearing number eight uh, last night. I thought that was phenomenal. And then 45 points on 24 yeah, shots. Yeah, 45 points. And then Buddy Heald. Uh, 42 points career high on 24 shots. Yeah, and then whatever Devin Booker had last night, he took 24 shots, and I believe his scoring was in like the high 30s or something. You know, Kobe would have been pissed. He'd have been like, why did y'all stop? Keep shooting. (laughs) Keep shooting it. (laughs) And then, uh, who was it? I want to say it was the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, Kobe, he surpassed whoever it was to take the third most – like the third leading scoring or whatever it was he made or he made that happen in Minnesota. And so tonight the Timberwolves to start the game off, they just placed the ball in the exact spot that he took that final shot to get his points. And so that was just really cool. And just little things like that. It's just, it's amazing. And um, yeah, so kind of back to the Thunder. They, I love the way that they did that, did that. Shea Gildas Alexander tonight, he walked in wearing a Lakers jersey with a number eight on it, just commemorating Kobe and, like Brady said kind of at the beginning of this podcast, he was very shaken up about it and didn't have much to say in post game, but rightfully so. He did talk about how Kobe was just a role model for him and someone that he had always watched growing up. And honestly, I'll never be able to fully grasp uh, what these guys are going through because even guys like Shea never played against Kobe, obviously, never really was in the same... Yeah, he got to ask since he... I mean, he played, obviously, his rookie season right. with the Clippers in, in L.A. and not some... But I, it's Dylan Buckingham. Dylan Buckingham from KFOR, shout out, who also works here at the station with Love us. Love Dylan. On the Dylan and Todd show, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon every day. Um, asked him, like, did you ever have any interactions with Kobe? And Shay was just like, no, he didn't. No. So, I mean, yeah. I, again, like, you you can be up. It's okay to be upset because Kobe, he's affected your life. Like, he, he made the NBA what it is today. Yeah. Like, he was that huge, and you cover the NBA. So, it, it's just this long... Like, we're all part of this history. Now, you and I are not players. We are not that important, but we still do our part, however small it may be. We're all taking part in this huge story that is basketball. So, Kobe, um, and again, like, I wasn't a Lakers fan, and I kind of came on towards the end of his career as well, even though I watched it, or like, in his prime as well. But, I mean, it still affects me, and it's it's just sad. But I guess with the Thunder tonight, their offense was pretty damn sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was something that was pretty sad. Now, now, like we had said at the beginning of the show, no Chris Paul tonight. And it's it's interesting, Madison, because on Saturday on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, one of our main topics was, like, when are we going to see, like, Shea Gillis-Alexander run the show? Like, Because mm-hmm. up until this point, Chris Paul has played every single game. He's not a load management player at this point. Um, Danilo Gallinari is sitting mm-hmm. the last four consecutive second night of back-to-backs. That's load management, by the way. <laughs> um we have yet to see Chris Paul miss a game tonight due, or this year due to injury. So, like, to see SGA run a team, we're probably going to see that at the earliest, maybe next season, if Chris Paul is dealt in the offseason. Well, what you know what? He misses tonight, and uh, it becomes kind of the SGA show by def- um, by default. Uh, Dennis Schroeder did get the start tonight um, with Lou Dort, and uh, no, Darius Baisley was on the bench because Danilo played tonight. But um, I asked Billy in the pregame, like, does this change anything at all for SGA's approach because there's going to be no Chris Paul? Or what What are you as a coach 
kind of looking forward to seeing. And Billy, of course, downplayed it. Um, but it was interesting because I asked him basically the same question, but with the caveat of, well, he shot five of 20. And he was missing a lot of bunnies, missing a lot of shots that he usually hits. And Billy just kind of straight up, he did not have a good offensive game. Right. But this is a good opportunity for him to learn because, um, like he's talked about a few times with SGA, he can do so many different things than just score. And we've seen that over these last two months. The Thunder have really kind of come on. He can rebound. He can defend. He can distribute. He can spot up. He can come off screens. He can, he can roll. He can do a lot of things. And I think tonight is actually very good for development because I, I think what you don't want if you're a Thunder fan, you don't want SGA to become 28 points per game. I need to score. That's how I impact the game primarily. No. That's what he was trying to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a good opportunity for him to look back at the film and for Billy to kind of reiterate, your shots weren't falling. What, could, what else could you have done? What else could you have done to make an impact on this game? Because some nights that your shot's just not going to fall, and there are going to be nights where you um, just simply need to shoot yourself out of a funk. When you get there, do that. And then, you know, maybe I just kind of thought of this. You know, I wonder if there's any added pressure on SGA to basically join in on the Kobe Tribute Club with Devin Booker, Buddy Heald, Trey Young, all these great players, all these great scores that are scoring a lot of points, you know, in memory of Kobe, and SGA is out here struggling so now that I, I didn't even think about that during the game or during post game, now that I think about that, it actually kind of makes me feel for yeah. him a little bit more in this game. But I mean, I don't know if that was actually going through his head, but I mean, something was off. Obviously, Chris Paul not being out there played a huge part in it. SGA downplayed that when I asked him about it in the locker room, but um, I wouldn't take much away from this game in terms of SGA running the team. Um, it was just a bad night at the office, but I think it is important for the. Um, for the SGA running the Thunderness moving forward because mm-hmm. you don't want him to just shot make. You want him to do other things. This is a good opportunity for him to see that. Yeah, no, for sure. I I, I mean, yeah, Shay, he didn't have the best showing tonight. Um, but here's the thing. Billy even said this was such a good challenge for our team, and it was also ample opportunity for them to see that they really have to put the defensive effort out there from the get-go, and that's something that they – I don't want to say failed to do, but they didn't exactly do it. And so, yeah, you know, if there wasn't so much riding on this game for the Thunder, it really would have just been an awesome learning opportunity for them. It would have, you know, kind of opened up Shea's eyes a little bit. I thought Dennis still played well. But, yeah, I mean, this game, it was pretty important if you really wanted to move up in the rankings, which I I know the Thunder do, and I know Thunder fans are excited to see this team kind of go places. I don't really, like, chalk this up to be a bad loss for them just because, yeah, Chris Paul, he— I mean, it basically proves tonight how vital he is to this team and just kind of his role when he is out there just because I feel like this team is a little bit more put together when Chris Paul is out there. And that was uh, one thing I did want to bring up on the podcast because I was thinking it just throughout the whole game. I don't think this team necessarily looked super scatterbrained out there, but it just kind of looked like they were missing a key component. And I think it just spoke volumes to the importance of Chris Paul out there. So, yeah, I, I hate saying that a team is made up by one guy, and that's not at all what I'm saying with Chris. I think, you know, basketball is such a team sport, though, and so sometimes when you are missing a guy who really is a verbal leader out there, he's a guy who sends encouragement, he's a guy who makes good shots and kind of uh, he just remains a forceful present on the court or a presence when he's out there on the court. So, yeah, I just I think the Thunder were definitely missing Chris Paul tonight. They only ended at a 10-point deficit, so it really could have been a lot worse with the way that Dallas was playing. Um, I was actually kind of interested 
or I mean, I found it interesting how Dallas did play tonight because they shot like 51 three-pointers, made like 19 of Luka them. Luka hit about every single step back when the oh, game was yeah. in doubt, and then he started missing them when like, looked the, the game was tonight. pretty much over. Yeah, yeah Luka looked great. I thought Chris different Dats guys Rosinas had a great night. hit shots early on. Oh, for sure. And so, yeah, Dallas was pretty much getting what they wanted. Brunson, and Brunson hit about every shot he took. It was a lot. Yeah, it was. I mean, Dallas, it was an important game for them. It was an important game yeah. for the Thunder. Um, now, the Mavericks were shorthanded when they lost to the Thunder back on New Year's Eve. They didn't have Chris Porzingis. The Thunder were shorthanded tonight, and you know each team split those games. So, at the end of the day, end of the day it's an 82-game season. Uh, the Thunder do kind of give up a, a very good opportunity, but they'll have more opportunities down yeah. the road. Um, I don't know what the Rockets are going to be doing as we move forward. The Mavericks are pretty steady at this point, and the Thunder will play them again in Dallas, and that game will be just as important as it was tonight, probably more than, uh, more than likely. So, um, and I don't know. Other than that, it's just uh, uh, Billy Dominic said Stephen Adams is playing through an ankle injury. Yeah. I think we it's pretty clear that he's not 100%, and when Stephen isn't 100%, he doesn't do much offensively. Right. Um, but um, this team is, they got a good opportunity to go avenge one of their more disappointing losses Wednesday night on the road against Sacramento. And then they got Phoenix on the road. That's a winnable game. And then they've got what they that's on a Friday and they don't play again until Wednesday in Oklahoma City against Cleveland. So that's gonna be a nice time off, right? Good time off couldn't have come at a better time unless it was this week, obviously. But um uh that's gonna be important for the Thunder. I I guess any final final thoughts at all? No, uh really I thought that I kinda liked I forgot who asked this in uh the post game. I believe it was the guy that was there covering for Black Sports Online tonight, and he asked you know, yeah, this game didn't work out to y'all's advantage. This wasn't exactly what you guys wanted. But in a sense, like, does it matter with everything that happened? And I guess really my final thoughts is just, you know, there's been so much that is, that's happened in, like, the last 30, 35 hours. It's just been kind of a whirlwind of a couple of days now. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is kind of something that you can just pocket. You can just table it. You can move forward. Uh, I forgot which player said that tonight. I want to say it was Shay. He was pretty adamant about, "Hey, it's just time to move forward with this. Let's just, you know, put this but put this one away. Let's focus on the two game road trip we have coming up." And uh, you know, there's there's a lot to work for out there. I think that these guys will get it together, especially once Chris Paul comes back, and uh, eventually, hopefully, Abdul Nader will be out there. Terrence Ferguson will come back with whatever he's dealing with, and you know, this team they can be very well rounded when they're all ready to play, when they're all healthy, and when things are you know, kind of falling into place. So I think they'll get it back together soon. I think everyone's just going to hit those patches once in a while because freak things are going to happen in life, and you're just going to have to learn how to push through it. So final thoughts is just not a bad win, and uh, just go focus on Sacramento now. You know what I need? What? I need a weighted blanket. (laughs) I'm going to... Well, screw you guys. I'm going home with my weighted blanket. Honestly, Brady, go enjoy your weighted blanket because I stole it. How soft. Good luck getting that, your weighted blanket that's ins- back. That's so soft. I hope, you're, so I hope you listen to this. <laughs> that is the softest, bitchiest, unmanliest thing I've ever heard. Love and that. And that's how we're going to end it. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Love you guys.